T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. They did it. They finally did it. They won back-to-back games. I can't feel my hands. Saints, 17, Browns, 10. This is the post-game edition of Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. And yes... I am wearing a hat because it is cold in my house. I did not go to Cleveland, but it is still about 30 degrees in my house. At least it feels that way. And uh, yeah, it's cold. It was cold out in Cleveland. Um, The Saints found a way to get it done. And, you know, I I have this thing where, you know, I try to be optimistic, but I went on a a Browns podcast and and they asked me for a score prediction. And I was like, (laughs) I am done predicting that the Saints win because I'm tired of being wrong. But hey, maybe I'll do a reverse jinx. And when I finally predict that the Saints go out to Cleveland and lose, they're going to actually win. And hey, that's what happened. I have found that I have superpowers when it comes to reverse jinxing things. So, or jinxing things in general, right? So I'm just started, I've started predicting the opposite of what I hope will happen. And uh, then it comes true. So anyway, Saints won 17 to 10. They trailed 10 to nothing in this game. And everyone wants to harass Dennis Allen and tell him how bad a coach he is and how all the decisions he makes are bad and, and whatever. There's some merit to that. But you do have to give credit when, it, when he does make decisions that pan out, right? And I think in this game specifically, and they question this on the broadcast, and I question it in real life because, you know, when you're looking at a game where one direction of the field, you're going to have the wind in your face and the other half, you are going to have the wind at your back, deciding how to use that and how to implement your strategy in that situation it goes a long way, and in this game, the Saints won the toss, deferred the option. So the Browns got the ball first, and then the Saints got to choose which side of the field they defended, and they chose to play with the wind in the first quarter and the third quarter. Now, the reason I question that is because when you defer, you're not getting the ball first in that situation. The Browns took the ball first. So you are already kind of putting yourself at a disadvantage of, okay, we don't know what's going to happen on this first possession. Well, the Browns had the punt, so it worked out. The Saints obviously didn't score in that first quarter, but 
when it really kind of came to roost was in the third quarter, right? You were able to steal points before halftime with that field goal from Will Lutz. He finally decided to run Taysom Hill. I don't know why it took until three minutes left in the second quarter. I think to some extent it was due to, you know, you had some, you had option or you had read plays as opposed to called runs for Taysom Hill. And the box count was such that you handed it off instead of keeping it. And so that's why Taysom Hill didn't get the ball on some of those plays. I would say that you should be calling those plays. But whatever. And then because they decided to do what they did, that meant that when they got the ball back in the second half, they were playing with the wind in the third quarter. And this third quarter is when they took control of this game. They drove down the field for a touchdown. They intercepted a tipped ball from Deshaun Watson and I think Donovan Peoples-Jones. I could be wrong. Daniel Sorensen, a guy who was in the game because Justin Evans went out with an injury, caught it, brought it back. Alvin Kamara finished it off. Finally, finally tied Marcus Colston for the Saints franchise record for career touchdowns at 72. It has been on the precipice of that since week nine against the Ravens. So took a while for him to get it done, but he did. But all right, we're going to get into a lot more of that. Remember, we're doing a mailbag in the second half of this show. But first off, let's hear from Dennis Allen and what he had to say after the game. We talked all week about this this game was going to be a game of mental toughness. Um, and I thought our guy, I thought our guys showed incredible grit starting starting out the game we went down 10 nothing but the way that they fought back we got the field goal at the end of the first half come right back out in the second half get the touchdown uh and then you know after the interception we're able to take the lead and kind of uh, and then the defense goes out and, and finishes the game so uh, man i got a lot of respect for all those guys that are in that locker room and i i, I think they, sh- they showed a lot of fight today uh, but yeah, we knew the weather conditions were going to be a big factor, and we knew that we were going to have to be able to run the football and run the football well. And uh, I thought all the guys that we put the ball in their hands did an outstanding job of running the ball. Yeah, and you know, I'm already seeing comments saying, you know, they saved Dennis Allen's job today. That's not what happened. And I've been trying to tell people this for weeks: is that this team is playing hard for Dennis Allen. This team likes playing for Dennis Allen. Right. The players like Dennis Allen. <laughs> it's the fans that don't like Dennis Allen and, you know, some of the decisions and you can question them. But like the reason you saw this team go out there and play their asses off is the same reason that they've been doing it all season is because, you know, they're not giving up on this year. They're not giving up on this season. You know, I know that people seem to think that they would be better off losing, but these players aren't going to do that. These players aren't even considering that as an option. They're going to go out and try to win football games, and that's kind of what Alvin Kamara said after the game as well. Um, I mean, that's what we're, we're used to. I don't think we're used to, um, you know, obviously this year we've we've been in the losing <coughs> bracket more than we've been in the winning bracket. So um, I think – all of us know that now we're you know we got a winning pedigree so it's always week in and week out trying to find a way to get back to that win the winning ways so you know nobody nobody in here is a loser we, we're not we're not we don't have losing uh uh cloth in here you know we're not built by losing bricks we all have winning bricks you know we're used to winning we're we're used to that feeling so i think everybody's desire to get that feeling is way 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 higher and way more than you know just the desire to just fold and like fold and, and and get ready for next year so we're just gonna keep going and keep trying to win yeah and the cards are actually looking decent for the saints 
and they're going to have to depend on the cards to make them look even better. See what I did there? So the Saints, now, when you look at kind of where they are, even if Alvin Kamara doesn't want to talk about it, I can talk about it, where they are in the playoff hunt. Now, the Eagles are playing right now. They're up 2017 at halftime on the Cowboys. So that game is interesting for the Saints, just in the sense that if the Eagles win that game, then they have clinched the top seed in the NFC. And so, you know, they don't have really much to play for next week when they play the Saints. Now, if they lose, they still will have to win a game to clinch the NFC. So you will get a more motivated Eagles squad. I know there's people out there saying, well, they're going to be motivated to ruin the Saints draft pick because it's going to or to improve the Saints draft pick by beating them. So because they're going to get it. Players on the field, coaches on the field, they are not caring about that like no player is thinking about the next year's draft pick during a season so in the sense that they don't have anything to play for you're talking about motivation you're not talking about like literally oh sure like they can affect something with this game not going to happen so you're going to want to root for Philadelphia to win this game because for example Jalen Hurts is dealing with a sprained shoulder right so if he has the chance to play and it's really a question of like okay he can gut through it but will he do that if there's nothing to play for in the sense that you've already clinched the top seed in the NFC? Probably not, right? Whereas if you do need to win, because if the Cowboys win today, right, and the Eagles lose today and lose next week, so all of a sudden they're going into week 18 with a chance of not even clinching the NFC East because they would they would have a chance of losing out and then the Cowboys take it. So you would much rather be facing an Eagles team. And again, this is a 13-1 and Eagles team, so it's a team that you need every advantage you can get, which having them not care that much is a big advantage if you're the Saints. So you want them to lose here. Tomorrow, which would be Sunday, you have the Cards facing the Bucks, the Arizona Cardinals facing the Bucks, and you want the Cardinals to win, obviously. The Bucks have to lose two of their final three games. If they could get that done here, that would feel a lot better for the Saints because the Falcons, they lost to the Ravens. They are officially eliminated from the playoff race, right? They really didn't have much of a chance. They had a worse chance than the Saints even, but now they are officially eliminated. So you really don't want to get to Week 18 needing that loss if you can avoid it, if you're the Saints, if you can win next week and have the... Cardinals beat the Bucks tonight. I'm sorry, Sunday night. And then have the Panthers, and that's the other result. The Panthers beat the Lions, which I didn't see coming. But the Panthers beat the Lions, which means that the Panthers actually still control their own destiny in the NFC South. The Panthers, if the Panthers win out, they will win the NFC South. As crazy as that sounds, team that fired their head coach, traded Christian McCaffrey, if they went out, they won the NFC South. So that means that, you know, you have a team next week very motivated to beat the Bucs when they're already beaten 21-3 this season. So all that is to say, I think you have a chance. I think you have a chance, and you needed to win this game to be able to think about it and to consider it going forward, and you still can. And so you're rooting for that Eagles team to have as little motivation as possible. Anyway, back to this game, which, you know, this was the coldest game in Saints history, it's got to be one of the coldest games in NFL history. I haven't actually checked on that number, but the coldest game for the Saints prior to this was 1993 against the Eagles in Philadelphia, 24 degrees. This one, I believe it was 11 degrees at kickoff. And uh, AK, AK had a pretty good uh, a pretty good line on it. Yeah, I, yeah, that, that was the coldest Saints game in history? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, that, that that's some bullshit. <laughs> didn't, didn't like be the part of that, but uh, nah, I mean... You know, the, the elements is the elements. We knew it was going to be cold. Um, still had to go out and do a job. Got it done. But I do think it's funny when you when you talk to Alvin, who grew up in Atlanta, right? He's, he's a Southern guy. He grew up in warmer weather versus Carl Granderson, who went 
to Wyoming and he and Tano Passigno came out before the game with their shirts off warming up and it's like yeah so you have this kind of like uh differing ideology Alvin Kamara did his post-game press conference in a wetsuit he wore a wetsuit during this game and uh yeah he didn't want to hear about oh okay it's a mental cold is a mentality (laughs) you know it's cool I got my own kind of thesis on that it's cold it's nothing it's it's nothing that's gonna make it not cold out there so you know we got a job to do we got to play if if I told you I, I my mind uh, overcame the cold out there. I'll be lying. It was cold the whole time. It was cold when I had the ball. It was cold on the sideline. Um, it was cold when I was walking in the tunnel. It was cold when I was walking out the tunnel. You know, <laughs> we just had to find a way to win. It just kind of is what it is. And then you have the completely differing ideology of Carl Granderson. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't really an idea. You know, I, I went to Wyoming, so this was nothing new for me. It's all a mindset. So if you come in thinking it's going to be cold, it's going to be cold. So I wanted to get out there and uh, adjust to the weather and go with no shirt on. And Tano, he joined me. So he went to, uh, he was in KC. It wasn't nothing for him. So we had to warm the bodies up and, you know, get the mind ready to, to play a big game. I do enjoy that. You know, these two guys, you know, on the same team, they could, feel completely differently about the about the cold when it comes to oh yeah yeah it's mind over matter and then Alvin's like no it's it's mind over mind because I am cold whatever you say um but you know it's it is interesting you look at the Saints team they handled that cold well they didn't look like a team that was that was playing out of their minds they didn't look like a team that was uncomfortable they looked like a very stout defensive group you know Nick Chubb ultimately ended up with 92 yards I don't think he had a great game uh, he had a couple long runs. I think his long run was 19. He had 92 yards on 24 carries, so it was 3.8 yards an attempt. Deshaun Watson had three carries for 24 yards, eight yards a carry. So, I mean, you look at it as like, you know, you went up against two of the top three rushers in the NFL, Josh Jacobs in week 10, I believe. No, in week uh, eight. And then you have Nick Chubb in week 16. Neither of them went over 100 yards on you. And then you had Tyler Algier go 134. So it's kind of, it's, you know, a lot of it is game plan dependent. I thought they did an excellent job when they needed to of stopping Nick Chubb. You know, there was instances where obviously you had him in third and 11 and you let him run for it. I think they had another first and 20 where they gave up 13 to 14 yards. It's really, really difficult to, to blame this defense for anything that happened in this game. They had a great plan and so I'm getting text messages. I'm in my fantasy football finals, semifinals this week. So I'm getting I'm getting angry and excited text messages all at the same time. But yeah, it's really hard to to look at this defense and say, man, they could have done a lot more. They they played an excellent game. The Browns bailed them out a little bit down the stretch of that game, right? Like David and Joku had, you know, looked like he had a touchdown catch. Donovan Peoples Jones looked or I think it was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Looks like he had a touchdown at the corner of the end zone. Neither of them could hold on. And then Carl Granderson, as as you saw, came up and made that sack on the fourth and 10 to effectively end the game. One interesting thing on that play is Carl Granderson was not in coverage. If you if you go back and watch that replay, he's coming from, from off camera. What happened was he was trying to chip David Njoku up the field because they like to go to David Njoku in those situations. You saw that against the Bucks a few weeks back on a fourth down play. Touchdown, David Njoku back at the end zone. They ended up winning that game in overtime. Very similar situation. The Saints were not going to let that happen. So they sent Carl Granderson out there to chip David Njoku. Well, he had to, he had to kind of chase him upfield to get there. He did shut him down and then he had to come back up and try to get to Deshaun and he did. He got there. But that's that's what happened. He wasn't like he was coming from the secondary. It was an interesting thing, but that's kind of how it worked. But let's go through some of the stats here because 
they're not exciting. None of these stats are exciting, but you look at you know what the Saints were able to do, and it, it is a very efficient game for them despite the conditions, right? You had Alvin Kamara, 20 carries, 76 yards. Taysom Hill, 9 carries, 56 yards. David Johnson, 7 carries, 16 yards. Adam Prentice, 2 carries, 5 yards, and 1 key first down from him. And then Andy Dalton had 1 carry for negative 1 yards. Andy Dalton only threw the ball 15 times. And when you look at these teams and you look at what they ended up doing, you know, you can really criticize Kevin Stefanski for, you know, Nick Chubb ran it 24 times. He should have run it 30, 35 times. Like, there is no reason that Deshaun Watson should have thrown the ball 31 times in this game, but that's what he did. He went 15 for 31, 135 yards and an interception. He also ran in that touchdown in the first half, the Browns' only touchdown of the game. And that came after the Saints' interception that tipped off Juwan Johnson's hands and was returned, and they scored that touchdown, the Browns did, in the first half. Now, I think that play, the Saints kind of learned their lesson, right? And so after that drive, you saw them get really, you know, go in a shell a little bit and start handing the ball or start snapping it to Taysom Hill and giving him his carries. And, you know, why it took until three minutes left in the first half to start doing that? It worked. It worked. Nine carries, 56 yards. The Saints are now... I want to say three and one in games where Taysom touches the ball at least nine times. And it's not exactly a mystery mystery why that has happened. Um, Keith Kirkwood had a game that he's going to want to forget, right? He has, was targeted twice. Both he probably could have come down with. The second one, it's hard to blame him too much. It did look bad. It hit him on the helmet. But I really do think that ball got blown way off course from where it was supposed to be. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to give him too much grief over that but you know it's it's one of those things right you end up without Chris Olave without Jarvis Landry you haven't had Mike Thomas all year and you end up having to throw to Keith Kirkwood in those situations you know you would much rather have that be Chris Olave um, Rashid Shahid led the Saints in receiving four catches for 41 yards Kamara had two catches for 34 one of them a 29 yard catch and run on a choice route I why they cannot throw to him more than they do I will never understand but hey you know, this is the 2022 New Orleans Saints. I'm sorry, I have a light flickering. I'll fix it at the break. Um, but yeah, so uh, the guy that everyone seems to hate and never makes a tackle, Tyron Matthew, led the Saints in tackles with 11. Six, uh, five assists, so he had six solo tackles. So he is still number two on the Saints in solo tackles. He probably will He will probably surpass Pete Warner next week if if Pete doesn't play and lead this team in solo tackle. So that's the guy that everyone likes to hate. Cam Jordan, a good game for him, even though he didn't get a sack. Seven total tackles. Kate Nellis, seven total tackles. Carl Granderson, six tackles in that sack. Um, Daniel Sorensen, I thought, played really well in relief of Justin Evans. Um, you lost Andres Pete to a, I want to say, ankle injury, and you lost Justin Evans to a shoulder injury. Um, I don't know what's wrong with the safety. Shoulders... But it seems to be the new contagious injury is shoulder injuries because that's what kept Marcus May out for this game. Um, you know, Amari Cooper, six catches, 72 yards, really did the Saints a favor with that drop at the end of the first half. I think Deshaun Watson had roughly 17 seconds. That's an exaggeration. But I, I want to say it was around seven seconds in the pocket on that play, and he found a wide-open Amari Cooper, and uh, Amari did not help him out. But you know the Saints. I feel like the Saints have had such bad luck in those situations that it was they were due they were due for some positive bounces of the football, and they finally got them today. You know it is funny because the Saints and the Browns have the same exact record, but the Saints are still alive and the Browns are not. The Browns were eliminated from the playoffs in this game, and uh, you know 
uh, if you're one of the people that really, really, really uh, doesn't think Deshaun Watson should uh, should get a lot of get a lot of shine, you know, you're happy after this game, um, and you're happy the Saints didn't end up with him, uh, even if even if that means you're still trying to figure out who the starting quarterback is for the Saints going forward. Um, but all right, that's going to wrap up the rant segment of this episode of Inside Black and Gold. Again, my name is Jeff Nowak. Hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we're going to come back. I know there aren't a ton of comments in there right now, but we're going to come back and answer some mailbag questions. If you have them, throw them in there, and uh, we'll get to them. We'll see. We should be able to get to them all because there aren't a lot in there. Um, but anyone watching, I appreciate it. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe there. If you're on Facebook, give us a like. And uh, I'll be back in a second. Drop your comments in, and we'll get to them after the Saints. 17-10 to 10 win over the Browns. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.